Buenos dias, shitheads. Oh. You don't understand, Dick. By killing Henry Hill, you all started a war. By killing Mr. Tunstall, you all started the damn war, Baker. Just the same, we're talking 50, 60 men. Get your what? Six or seven? We're with the rank, Dick. We're going to bury you. You can believe that. Quiet, Bonnie. Taking you to jail. No killing. Objection, Your Honor. These boys are going to the grave in the name of John Tunstall. I said quiet, Billy. I don't need that kind of talk. Law don't talk like that. Yeah, well, law don't kill innocent merchants either, do it. Shut up, dirt face. Take the son of a bitches up to Capitan Mountain and blow their brains out. What do you say, Steve? Uh huh. <laughs> Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 133 of Do the Monkey. My name's Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by York's premier fireplace magnate. <laughs> uh, Matt Foster, hello guys! Yes, and uh, it, it should be a busy one this week, I think, actually. Uh, yeah. main, main review is uh, the all-conquering at the box office Spectre, um, but we're also, um, maybe for the first time, going to somewhat focus on a tv show a little bit but mm. you know it's ash versus evil dead so there is some justification there i think um yeah. you know so there you go um makes a change from my days on 35 millimeter heroes when i like, <laughs> just kick off whenever anyone would talk about tv but you know it is what it is but um it will also uh talk about some trailers and what we watched and uh some twitter questions and whatnot um mark anything um anything going on that you want to make people aware of or anything uh, no, I think I think everything essentially has been kind of Bond based. I think this week hasn't it? It's been it's pretty much taken over everything's with its um, early release. We'll call it. Yeah, um, I'll uh, this one. Uh, this it will probably be of interest to um, no one in terms of relevance for them. But uh, my wife launched her uh, website for her photography business this week. Oh, um, yes. And, uh, yeah, if anyone lives in or near the Vale of Glamorgan, uh, she's offering um, family shoots at a uh, Christmas tree farm. Um, so for, like, oh, nice. like, baby, like, portraits and, like, family pictures and stuff. Uh, Sunday the 15th of November. And if anybody uh, wants more details, um, at Ian Loring, um, you know, and I, um, I'll talk to her through that. Um, what is it? Thirty-five pound for a print and the session itself. Ten digit, uh, and then like Christmas cards are also available, and ten additional digital files. I think are twenty quid or something like that. Which, 
apparently is very reasonable. Uh, it it, it is, yeah. And I've, I've, I've seen um, some of Donna's work, and it is, it's really good. Yeah, um, yeah well, <laughs> thank you. kids really well. Yeah, man. Um, www.sweetwhimsyphotography.co.uk if, um, <laughs> if, if, you know, if it, if anyone is interested. But um, I didn't say to her I was going to do that, but I thought I'd better bring it up. But of more relevance, I did buy an Apple TV. Yeah, yes, you did manage to buy one, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I... I, I Amazing. I, I pre-ordered it and then I cancelled it thinking, like, it's just, it's expensive. Why am I doing this? And then I, I, I got an email from Ivan, uh, the, the kind of the, the head of Vodzilla, and um, uh, that one of the sites I write for. And I'd, I'd forgotten. Site. I'd emailed him the week before saying, "Oh, I think I'm getting an Apple TV next week. Do you fancy me reviewing it?" And then he wrote back saying. Are you getting one to want to review it? And then I thought, well, full disclosure, I get paid for writing for Vodzilla. Um, so I was thinking, well, that's part of the cost. And if I sell the old Apple TV and, you know, sell a few Blu-rays and whatnot, then, you know what, fuck it, that'll cover the cost. So I got the 32 gig version, which is £129. Walked into the Apple store in Cardiff on my lunch break. And the guy was just like, we literally just got them in 10 minutes ago. Bear with us. We'll have them out in a minute. We got a demo unit over there if you want to take a look. So, you know, did so. Uh, tried the voice search in the store. Couldn't really hear me, but I wasn't really that surprised. It was kind of weird as well. There were a lot of people actually waiting for the Apple TV, which somewhat took me by surprise. Um, yeah, there are always people people waiting for Apple stuff. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Like, if Apple launched a new carrier bag. I guarantee you there will be people going to get it that day. That's a fair point. And yeah. that's not even a, a, a sarcastic joke. They, yeah, they would. would. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I bought it. Um, I'm, I'm, I am going to have a full written piece up, so I maybe won't like go into it in too much detail. But I think for anyone who's invested in the Apple ecosystem in terms of buying movies off iTunes and whatnot, it's worth it at the moment for anyone who's not maybe have more of a think about it um just because the the app selection is not huge at the moment um you've got your netflix on there bbc iplayer is coming and i wouldn't be surprised if i uh, itv player and 4od or all four whatever it's called so iplayer's not on it for launch no um B- the bbc have said they are going to do it but i think it's more on the BBC side than Apple, in fairness. Yeah. And, I mean, the thing is, one of the big things about the new Apple TV, well, two of the big things, the Siri search and the universal search, where basically you you say, find me Peppa Pig on Netflix, which I've been doing a lot, uh, or find me Peppa Pig, and it will come up with all the options available within the apps you have. So mm. it will say iTunes Series 1 to 4, Netflix Series 1, you know, just showing you exactly what there is. And I think if for iPlayer to be integrated, it's got to work with that stuff as well. Yeah, so, so someone's got to write the code for iPlayer. Yeah, it takes more, it will take more work for the apps on this than it would on, on some other streaming platforms. Yeah. You know, because I mean, like, Chromecast requires fuck all, um, uh, it kind of, it, it, like, adapting as such. But, um, yeah, so the Siri search works really well. Um it works with my wife's accent better than my wife's Android phone does. Um, 
it never it be, it barely ever understands her saying okay Google, um, which is a problem. Whereas with this, she could say, find me Peppa Pig on Netflix, and it did. Rewind twenty seconds. I tried her on. It did. Um, I mean that's the thing. I mean it, you can ask very specific stuff. You can literally say go back to oh no go back five and a half minutes and it will do it. Um, and I find myself already, even though I'm only like two days in, just using the Siri to navigate my way around it instead of actually the touchpad. Yeah, well, see, that's that's the that's the bit that I want at the moment. I'm purely looking for it as a toy. As a toy, it's awesome. Like if 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 I could have bought it and I went to three different stores on Saturday to cheer me up, I would have bought it, but I couldn't. Yeah, there, there you go. I mean, like it, it's just it's things like I was watching House of the Devil on my iPad on the train on Friday, and then Saturday afternoon I wanted to like get watching it again. I literally just said play House of the Devil, and it knew I had it. And it didn't even come up with the menu. It just launched the fucker. Then said, resume playing or start from the beginning. Press resume playing. And then within about five seconds, boom, they're done. And it was from where I left it off on the iPad. Which, to be fair, the old Apple TV could do that as well. But just the, the usability of the whole thing is really impressive. So do you just, on the remote, do you just press the Siri button and then talk to it? You hold it down. It's a microphone button. You just hold it down and you talk. You don't have to have it right up to your mouth either. Donna had it just kind of like... In her hand by her side, and it still picks her up. That's that's pretty. That's 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 pretty good. Yeah. So um, and you know it's you can I mean you can even ask it what's the weather like, and it will come up with like a, a twenty four hour forecast on on the TV and like shit like that. Um, it but at the moment I don't, like I say unless you're heavily invested in the iTunes ecosystem or unless or I mean unless you're actually looking for a streamer, then I'd maybe say think twice. But then again, it's going to have more apps it just it is mm. and it's 129 quid now and i don't see apple t- uh, apple lowering that price frankly until the next one comes out with 4k support yeah i just i don't see apple doing it i don't see why they would no i i, I can't see it, it, it budging really on on price no so it's i'm i'm genuinely i'm impressed so far I mean, like, Apple give you a good two weeks to change your mind and get a refund if you don't like the thing, and it's properly no quibble as well with what uh, Apple... I've done it before with the Apple Watch, well, and they don't got, even fight it. They're just like, yeah, fine. Yeah, we've got one of those... You know, those not, it's not an Apple store, but it sells solely Apple products. Yeah, I know. Um, about, yeah. We've got one of those in town, and it's across the, wor- across the road from um, the bank that we do our business banking with, and I've got some checks and stuff to pay in tomorrow. So uh, there's, there's a possibility that I might end up going... Mm, could go in and have a look at it, and I might end up leaving without it, because Becky essentially has just gone, just, just order it. <laughs> just order it if you want it which i think is because this week she got a dog and a car yeah yeah no no exactly i mean it just it's it does feel like it already feels like it's just gonna be something i'm I'm, I'm just gonna want to search everything by voice yeah yeah i mean it's like with the xbox one when they launched with connect and you know you had that thing in it you could just talk to it and do everything by talk you know, and it feels like maybe that was a couple of years ahead of its time, but also it was positioned too expensively 
to actually work and then within a year they like stripped out the need for that and whatnot whereas now with this i mean 129 quid is expensive for a media streamer it is there's no getting around that but yeah Especially when, especially when you can pick up the uh, Amazon HD Fire one for what thirty five quid. So yeah, yeah, I think the Fire Stick or something you can get yeah. get for that. And it's and I mean the Chromecast is like thirty quid, you know. But the I mean, and then, so like I say, it, you know, you've got to pay the Apple tax. But if if you're an Apple user, it just it is what it is, you know. I, you just you just have to go with it because otherwise you're just not going to get up, get on with Apple. Mm. Um, but the the user experience is leaps and bounds ahead of what I've had from a media streamer previously. Um, it just it works. It works. If I have still started my Apple Cloud, mm. can I view them on my Apple through my Apple TV? Yeah, like like what, like photos and stuff, or photos, videos, audio files, whatever. Um, I. Let me think. I, as long as it's in my iTunes library, I I can do like whatever I want in terms of like converted videos and stuff like that. Photos, yeah, no problem as long as they're on iCloud. You're good. Mm. Um, videos on iCloud, it's not like it works like a DLNA server. Yeah. Um, it's gotta be like it's videos in iTunes under home videos. Because basically, when I like, you know, so if they're under home videos, I can view them on that. If they're under home videos on iTunes, and you link your computer, you set up home sharing, and link your computer to the Apple TV, which is a piece of piss, mm. then yeah, you can you can watch them through it no problem. That's easy. So yeah, I mean that's good, and also I mean like like, good, like I mentioned, I think last week, the iTunes extras, they're just like they, they they're putting them all. They're putting so much content on films now, and even older films, like Seven, randomly just got a load of its extras ported over to Apple TV. Yeah, because my idea is, 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 is to, if I get it, get it, and then set aside an amount of money where I'm going to go, do you know what, I'm, I'm going to buy a few digital library films and, yeah. and have those, and, and, and just see how I get on with the digital library and, and see if it works for me, just by spending, I don't know, 30 quid or 40 quid or something like that and then just sort of you know, dip my toe and then if I don't get on with it what's you know I've spent 30 40 quid you know long run you know it's not a fucking disaster if I do it's okay I've got a whole new a whole new way to consume you know to 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 to, to get that media to myself I fucking I love it I'm actually I'm actually formally done with blu-ray now I'm like I I just don't, I'm not buying them. I'm just getting everything through iTunes. And it, it's like, the films that, I, it's weird, the films that I want to have extras have extras, and they're adding extras. And like we said last week, why would they take it off? What's the point? Um, mm. You know, and I mean, they look really good. They they sound good. And it's just, I don't, I genuinely, I don't think I'm an audiophile enough to really be, to uh, as bothered as I used to think I was about the difference between like Dolby Digital and DTS HD, I'm just not. And also, frankly, if I'm watching a film, Lottie's usually asleep asleep in the house somewhere anyway. So I've got to, I've just got to listen to it through my Bluetooth headphones anyway. 
Oh, yeah, and then all the other things ain't going to make jack it, shit. Going, you know, that's the thing. My, my Bluetooth headphones are lovely. The nice the stereo effects in them are great. You know, it's I've got... There's less of a reason for that. And frankly, as lazy as it sounds, not having to go upstairs, grab a Blu-ray, come back down, stick it in the place. It's proper for first world problems, like the definition of. But just being able to say into my remote playhouse of the devil <laughs> and it just fucking does it you know it's it's great and i mean one last thing so i know we've been talking about this for a while and we've got quite a lot to talk about today but did you, I, I sent you guys on the whatsapp thing a video of me going from like the menu screen to a film starting and hmm. it does somewhat depend on your internet connection yes uh, which jordan pointed out but at the same time the difference between getting from the start to watching a film on the first Apple TV to now is genuinely, this is not hyperbole, night and day. Because when you when you launch into the Apple TV on the old one, you'd go into movies, it would load, you'd get the, like, all the titles, you'd click on the title, it would load, it would come up with another screen, you'd press play, it would load. If it had iTunes extras on again, you'd have to press another play button. And then it would come up with a screen saying loading... And then, and then it would say authorizing, and then it would start. Now, I uh, like showed a video a video to you guys of Jurassic World, mm. and it's just like it took maybe, and I was taking my time, kind of like because I was like showing all the interface and stuff. I think that video was forty five seconds long, and I was taking my time. Yeah, and it's just it, it's. The, the, I mean, particularly between pressing play and the film actually starting, it's the processing is obviously quicker. It's obviously a more powerful unit. And, um, it, 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 yeah, I just... I'm, I, I, as you can tell, I'm really impressed with the fucking thing. And it's only going to get better as, like, more software iterations come out for it. Um, I mean, the one big problem that people have with it is it doesn't support 4K streaming. If I'm being absolutely honest, I am not going to have a 4K TV until the next Apple TV with 4K comes out, frankly. So I don't care. I'm not fucking chasing 4K. Fuck that shit. It just, yeah, it's... When I get a new TV, it will be a 4K TV, because at this point, why wouldn't it be? But I, it genuinely, it's not something that is major to me. Anyway, I'm done. You should get one. <laughs> I think I might. I was actually just checking to see if the non-official uh, uh, Apple Store near me has them, and apparently it has them in stock. It has them. Yeah, the new ones. Yeah. The new one, yeah. It's a black box. Just like the the actual like box it comes in is a black box. The old one's white, so easy to differentiate. Mm. I'll just go in and just point at somebody and go, "Oh, you Apple TV me." Your new Apple TV me. Watch out. Yeah, new Apple TV me. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay, so um, have we got any trailers? I, I've got a couple, but I'm really... I've got, I've got a couple, yeah. Uh, the Dirty Grandpa trailer, I'll happily watch. Uh, Robert De Niro uh, uh, and uh, Zephron. Um, party on down in Daytona Beach. Uh, yeah, Robert for, uh, Aubrey Plaza having a sex scene is really weird. It is, but it is, but I'm kind of, you know, fuck it. Yeah, I, I will watch that. It's one of my favourite actors of all time, and it's Zephron, who is just ridiculously entertaining in most things nowadays, to be honest. Mm. Um, what else? Uh, Dad's Army thought it was a joke. It's not. It's real. It's happening. Nobody can quite work out why. Um, no, 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 no. It's going to make 
forty million pounds because like any oh yeah any it, it, man it, it will, over the age of fifty will go and watch it. It, it will make forty million pounds, and it will be the only film. Well, the first film since um, the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, the first one, the second one, because that bombed, I think, um, to, to not have anybody see it after 7pm. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, no, well, no, I mean, my my father-in-law is very excited about it, and he certainly can stay up late. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. I The thing is, that cast is all right. You know, it just... Catherine Zeta-Jones is going to be the German spy. I'm fucking yeah. telling you right now. Of course, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's it, right. If it, it, it basically, if Monuments Men couldn't make it work, I don't see how Dad's Army's going to make it work. Yeah, I I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm genuinely. If the reviews are good, I might take a punt on it. If the reviews are good. <laughs> yeah, I will be. Um, what else have I watched? Um, no, I, I, I might have watched something else, but go on, what have you watched? Uh, By the Sea, the Angelina Jolie-directed um, film starring her and Brad Pitt. Um, oh, no. it, it looks like it could be deathly dull, but the trailer's got some interesting cutting, at least. But um, Yeah, deathly dull, um, I think, is going to describe Angelina Jolie's directorial career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, I, yeah. Um, and the Red Band trailer for Grimsby. Uh, oh, yes, that was the other one. I knew there was something else I'd seen. I want to see the film that it was before the last 20 seconds. To yeah, I, I, I want to I see a Mark Strong uh, kind of spoofy-esque spy movie. I, 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 I don't want to see Sasha Baron Cohen doing that thing he does where he creates a character that he convinces people is funny. <laughs> I, 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 it, the, it, it just, I, as soon as I saw the bit, like the reveal that they're in like a shop, it, like, oh, did you see that one? There's another I one. S- I, yeah, I saw that one, and I saw the other one where um, he, uh, the, the the same character, the Sacha Baron Cohen character, is holding up two tickets and going, "I got tickets to the final. I got tickets to the final, the World Cup final." And Matt Swan's going, well, "How's you know England to get there?" And he's going, "Well, they better do because I've got this tattoo." And he lifts up his shirt and he's got a World Champions 2016, but it's just 2016. He's like, that's, that's 2,000, that's 216,000. <laughs> uh, 216. He's like, yeah, it's two hours for free, isn't it? And it's like, that, that's, that's, you were good up until, up until you came into it. I was up for it. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I, it, I, I just, I imagine the laughing of idiots. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that's genuinely, I just, I imagine, like boy racers and chavs there is, there losing is, their shit. Oh yeah, it's, there will be nobody that sees that film that doesn't um, Sky Plus Celebrity Juice. Oh, oh fuck, perfection. There you go, there you go. Yeah, um, anyway, that's it. So Yeah, that's it for me as well. Cool. Um, Alright then, Spectre is directed by Sam Mendes and stars... Daniel Craig, Leia Seydoux, Christoph Waltz, uh, Dave Bautista, um, Andrew Scott, Ray Fiennes, Ben Whishaw, Naomi Harris, and Jesper Christensen. Um, and all spoilers all the time. Yeah. Even though 
As Chris Byrne mentioned in the Do You Expect Us to Talk podcast, which I listened to earlier today, uh, himself and two other people, Rebecca and Dave, Chris said there's not an awful lot you can actually spoil here because it's all kind of obvious. And yeah, yeah, um, yeah uh, I think that's fair. So all spoilers all the time, even though it is what it is. Uh, did, did you know that they won the rights back to a certain character a couple years back? <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, Spectre story is um, Bond is given a final posthumous mission by Judy Dench's M uh, to basically kill someone and then go to his funeral to see who turns up there. And somehow off the back of that, he finds himself coming up against... Blofeld, um, not Franz Oberhauser, Blofeld, uh, played by Christoph Waltz, who hates Bond because his daddy loved him more than he loved him. That's about it, is it? Pretty much. Yeah, Spectre. Um, <laughs> what did you think, Mark? Well... <laughs> You see, we come at this from, from, from two very different angles mm. because, um, you're, you're quite, a, you know, you're a big fan of the, the, the Bond universe. I've just fucking like watched all of them in the space of six months. You know, exactly. The, the you, you know, the cause here. Yeah, so, so it, it's, um, I'll choose a phrase that we, uh, last week. This is well within your wheelhouse. It, it, it's, it's something that you have got a lot of time for. Whereas personally, I, I have little time for, uh, for the James Bond films with the exception of um, Daniel Craig ones, because I, I like Daniel Craig as Bond. I think he makes a very, he's a very different kind of Bond. And it, it's uh, it's something that I will come to later on, as we're talking about it um, later on, because I've got some quite heavy views on that. Uh, but that'll come later on. We'll talk about the film sort of first. Mm. Um, and you were really looking forward to this, and I was looking forward to it as well. Um, you really liked Skyfall, and I was left, I, I, I just couldn't get on with it. I tried three times. It looked pretty beyond that. I just, I don't see what all the fuss is about. Um, and you were quite sort of, you liked it, but you were a little bit lukewarm, I think, coming out of Spectre. Um, I think it's flawed in a lot of places. Um, we'll come to where it's flawed, but overall, I, I really, really quite liked it. Oh, good I for you. Okay. think the reason why I really quite liked it is I, I'm a big fan of Daniel Craig in, in general as an actor. I'm a big fan of Daniel Craig's James Bond. And what we've got with Daniel Craig's James Bond is that, that broken man thing. Uh, and I, I love a broken man. I love that, that fragility of man thing in films. And I think that what you've got essentially is a man who is so broken that all he can do to occupy himself and to fight that is to pursue these, these, these events, these things. He's not doing it for, glory or money or anything like that it, it's it's just because it's the only thing he can do yeah I mean, the thing is if this was the last Craig one and they were just going to do another reboot after it, it, I I would is it? no is I, it, so there, is, there is going to be another Craig yeah, one yeah yeah I mean he's signed for another one he has to despite all the stuff he's been saying in the media he has to do another one Waltz is signed for another one Sidhu signed for another one I mean, obviously, they don't have to take out the options on any of them, but come on. Um, 
And the thing is, if this were the last Craig one, then I think you'd have a really solid four-film arc. A, mm. Like, a really, really solid four-film arc. And it would be... It, it, because uh, I, I thought that, that, they were, that it was still a little bit up in the air. And it, you would have had a good... Do you know what? That's a good... It, it, it's, a, it, it's a good ending. Yeah, this is it. That, that, that's it. And if it were that, I think I'd appreciate it more. But it, fe- it feels complete, you know. And, mm. I, but what I, I said sorry, to... Uh, just quickly, what I said to Bex um, after I came out of it, Bex didn't watch it with me, um, what I said after it was that... To be honest, I I like these Bond movies. If if this was the last Craig one, I don't think I'd, I I would have no kind of investment to watch future ones at all because I I have little to zero trust uh, in the the people who will be deciding uh, what goes on because I think that the whole uh, Spectre uh, <laughs> around the film uh, has been handled horribly um, uh, leading up to this film. The actual film itself, I think, is is very good. But the whole, the fact that there's been so many adverts and it, it, it it's cheapened it that little bit. It's made it that, that cheap thing it was before we had this, this reboot. And the idea that... that that's been put across that the next bond they're going to go for will be to bring a little bit of the suave back into it um is it's a little bit like it's going back to that to 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 the laddism bit of it all the the you know laddism now has, has evolved from being stellar drinking uh douchebags to the charming laddism. So that's where misogyny is kind of shifted to um and and that's where I, I have a feeling that if they go charming Bond, it might slip back into that. It's interesting. I mean, the thing is, like, the next one, I think it's just, it's going to be Lea Seydoux gets killed off, and it gets even more personal than the personal it already was. It'd be interesting if they killed a Bond. If they actually killed a Bond. Yeah, I mean, they won't. No, they won't, because because it'd, it'd take away the... The, the kind of the is Bond just a codename thing? Yeah, I mean the the intent was already there. I mean, again, this is a point I picked up off um, uh, Chris's podcast. But um, in the original screenplay for the film, um, the last line of it was Bond turning to Madeline and saying, "We've got all the time in the world," which is a crucial line from Bond. It's um, basically an on, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which this film is heavily indebted to. Um, at the end of the film, Bond marries Diana Riggs' mm. character, Tracy, and then yeah. um, they're, they're driving to their honeymoon, and she's basically killed by Spectre. Yeah. And he holds her and... Oh, no, hang on. Oh, fuck. Does he say it right at the end? Yeah, yeah, yes, no, he does. Yeah, he's... Um, yeah, like a, some, uh, a policeman comes up and he's, he says, oh, don't worry, she's just having a little rest. We've got all the time in the world. And, um, you know, it's the Louis Armstrong song plays a heavy part in the film as well. And if that had been in there, then, you know, obviously it would have been very heavy handed, but it would have certainly said something. And I think that is the intent of the screenwriters. It's going to be right. Let's have Bond broken again. But this time mm. it's not that the 
the woman he loved betrayed him. It was that she was forcibly taken away from him. But then mm. it's just, it's going to be, again, it's going to be angry, dour, bond, which it was in, certainly in Quantum of Solace. And that is by, by far Craig's le- least interesting performance in a Bond film. Um, I quite like that. I quite like Quantum of Solace. I, it's, Quantum of Solace is fine. It's just, it, it feels like it's treading water. And it also, now, one of the problems I have with this film is the retconning of Old Blofeld into the events of the previous ones. It doesn't explain yeah. why Quantum as a thing was so important. It just says, oh, Quantum was part of Spectre. It was yeah. like, no, Quantum was the, was the new version of Spectre, but then you got the rights back because Kevin McCrory died, so now it's all being wrapped in. And this whole, I was the author of All Your Pain, well, no... No, not really, because in Casino Royale, it's basically Bond's job. He's assigned to pursue Le Chiffre. Mm. It's not something, it's not the breadcrumbs are leading to Le Chiffre. It's he's assigned to play poker against him because he's really good at poker. Unless, and the thing is, Le Chiffre, this is getting deep and nitpicky, but fuck it. Le Chiffre... (laughs) only sets up the poker game because Bond stops a um, an air, a prototype airplane being blown up. The Shifra had put a load of money into a rival aircraft company, but because the prototype plane didn't get blown up, the share price... Uh, no, yeah, yeah, the share price yeah. in that one dropped because they, they didn't get the, the business from the prototype being blown up. So there is no way that... that Spectre is behind Bond being in the poker game in Casino Royale, and so they're not behind him meeting Eva Green. Yes, they are behind what happens after that, but no, you're not the author of all the pain. You're more the second draft screenwriter of all his pain. <laughs> oh no, no, no! You're the script doctor of all his pain. Yeah, but but then again, and, th- and, there's... And, and in fairness, in fairness, Silver. In no fucking way in Skyfall do you get the impression that Silver is working for anyone. You just don't. No, you don't. But then there's also, I found a lot of kind of, there's a lot of bits in Skyfall where I was a bit like, what happened to that Uh, in Skyfall? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I do remember coming out of it thinking, well, I don't, when when did it tie up that loose end and that loose end? I think it's, yeah, it is a little bit. It is a little bit kind of shoehorned in to kind of to, to create more credence than it needs to it, kind it of have. Really, really bothered me because all, like because they're trying really hard to give Blofeld personal stakes against Bond. Like, yeah, which which, which I, I didn't get. Um, I mean, if we're doing sort of bits that that I felt were a little bit that before, we, if we're doing the bad and then we'll come to I, good. I, I will just say this: this film has annoyed me more the more I think about it. I <laughs> came out of it four out of five, I'm slightly drifting more towards a three now because of the... It's Somebody else on Twitter said it's for them it was like death by a thousand small cuts, and that's kind of what it is for me with this. Mm. Um, yeah, I think my nitpicks were... Um, it. The thing is, it's two and a half hours long, and I was a little bit worried because you said it felt its length. Fucking does, man. I thought the first 20 minutes really felt its length there. Uh, the opening seemed to last an awfully long time before we got the 
fucking horrid tentacle fucking pawn uh, credits with that <laughs> just frankly ridiculous fucking song, uh, which isn't a fucking Bond song, no matter how many fucking Bond strings you put in it. Uh, yeah. It's it's just horrendous. Whoever came up with that needs shooting. It just it's it's such a weird juxtaposition of really bland song and really really weird images. Yeah, it's it, it, it's 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 pointless. It's like somebody uh, was 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 sat down and was shown the credits to uh, Fincher's Go the Dragon Tattoo and went, we need that, but with this shit song. Yeah. And then they went. No, no, not with that song. No, no. And they went, no, you need to put that song. It's Sam Smith. He's so hot right now. He's so shit. Oh, what do we... Fuck it, tentacle palm. Mm. That'll work. And that was after we got, essentially, Bond getting... Very nearly getting his ass kicked by a helicopter pilot and what looked a little bit like a Mexican fop. Um, After we'd spent literally the first... Eight minutes, five to eight minutes of this film is watching James Bond walk. Yeah, I mean, I quite... He walks. I quite like like that shot. I I like the shot, but when your movie, right, is two and a half hours long, right, and the the, the, the opening shot is fine. If it is just him walking into a building, which goes on for an awfully long time, and it's... I don't know whether they're trying to make you think, oh, who's that? Who's that walking? Because it's Bond. It's fucking clearly Bond. <laughs> right? And then he takes off the mask and you go, see? Clearly fucking Bond. Yeah. And then he walks and he goes, oh my god, is he walking again? <laughs> and then he walks again for an impossibly long amount of time. It's like, you could just, do you know what? You're wearing a mask. You could have just gone out of that building and gone up to the roof. Yeah. You didn't need to go to the building at the End of the block! And then walk all the way through the it, is, and then well, go all the way across there. At first, as well, is he basically just walking to have sex? He's yeah. basically walking along, she whispers something in his ear, It's like, what else were, like, because if that was impromptu, what else were they going to do? Because then, isn't it, he gets some sort of alert or something, and then he No, he sees, he sees him. He sees oh, him. He sees him, and then he starts walking. Yeah, he sees him, and then he starts walking, and then he goes up the stairs, and then he just goes straight out. So it's always his plan, but she just thinks they're going up to, you know, to fuck, and that's it. And then you right. have the, 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 the helicopter thing, and then you get the terrible song, and then the film kind of starts, actually fucking starts. And from there, um, I never, um, I, I couldn't look at my watch, because my fucking shit, fucking wife's dog's eating it. Um... So I, I couldn't look at my watch. Uh, You've but had a dog I, like four days. What? It's already eating your watch. Not my dog. I was shit talking your dog because it ate my fucking watch. Uh, so, oh, so yeah. Are you in trouble now? No, I'm not. Dog's in trouble. Um, yeah. So from there, I, I, I thought it, it, it's, it's on quite a nice pace. There are a couple of moments where I was like, oh, I. Monica Bellucci has nothing to do. Oh, what other, was other, that? Other than literally, literally, it is, right, who could we have as a Bond girl? Well, Monica Bellucci was born to be a Bond girl. Yep, tick. And then they sat down and went, oh, we've got nothing to do with her. We've got nothing for her to do. Oh, Christ, what do we do? Um, well, Bond's got to sleep with her, hasn't he? Yeah. So, Grieving Widow sleeps with it. Yeah. Should we write her in elsewhere? 
we got a lot of movie. We got a lot of movie. Yeah, I. I mean, I mean, the thing is, I think they're basically saying, well, you know, Bond's gonna have the love of his life in 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 the film later on. So yeah, one of the Bond girls can basically be a cum dumpster. Yeah, Yeah, I mean that's like, I mean, I'm, I'm not. That's not a term I use a lot. It's just that feels like what we're essentially using her as in this. It's I, I like I genuinely like the thing is a lot of the previous Bond films are really heavily misogynist. Yeah. The thing that but they were made in a, in an era where that was more socially acceptable. And yeah, it, it got. I mean, it it was cringy that scene. It, it's it's I it genuinely I I think it's a bit offensive, and I'm stunned. I... I'm stunned that more of the critics who have been throwing out five out of fives and whatnot aren't even taking that into consideration. It is it is really, really distasteful, I think. Yeah, as, I, especially I was... the fact that like literally it's this woman who's I mean, I mean I suppose it's that the like on the line of sex and death kind of thing because she's worried about yeah, but getting killed, it's... but it's it, it, it was there was there was too much of that in this movie. Um it happens twice, which is just silly. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it, 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 I felt, you know what you said about the, um, not knock we spoke about last week, where you felt uncomfortable with the sex scene. Mm. Um, I, I felt, it, it felt, oh no, no, you've gone wrong. Why are you doing this? This is, this is, this is, a, this is a huge misstep. Um, this is what happens when you have four people writing a screenplay. Mm. Uh, and because somewhere on the lines, they'll have been at least one of those guys going, I don't think that was a good idea. I don't think this is a good idea. And they're going, oh, that's no, great. It's great. You know, it's got, it's, it's because this, this, and this, like going, it's a little bit weird. The thing is, right, the film's two and a half hours long. Um, mm. If you literally just had Bond goes to the funeral, sees someone maybe he recognises from a file or something, yeah. Follows that person, cuts to Spectre headquarters or whatever that is. You've taken 15 minutes out of the film. Um, you've tightened things up a shitload. And frankly, you've not opened yourself up to accusations of misogyny. Yeah. Uh, when you are when you are a Bond movie, <laughs> opening yourselves up to those when you have tried so hard for the past three movies to rid yourself of that, it, it, it does feel a little bit out of character for this reboot and a reason why I am worried about where it's going. Um, so, yeah, that, that felt a little bit... Um, it, it just felt like a, a, a misstep completely. And the other bits are... I, I didn't... I personally felt that... Whenever it was a story, it was it, it shot off and it wasn't Bond. It was we weren't focusing on what Bond was doing. That it, it dipped significantly. The whole um, what's it? Money Penny Q M and whoever the fuck. Um, C. Uh, no, is it, is it oh, C? Oh no! Are you talking the, about the other guy? Rory Kinnear. Yeah, Rory. They, they went off to their little fucking side mission across there. That felt an awful lot like an episode of Spooks. Yeah, I mean, the, my main problem with that whole section <laughs> is the fact that you cast Andrew Scott, and of course he's going to be a bad guy. It just, it felt lazy to me. Um, I mean, and, and not only with, like he had to be a member of Spectre as well. It couldn't be 
they were having private funding and he just thought he was the new hot shit. No, he also had to be affiliated with Spectre. It couldn't have been Spectre playing him and him not even knowing. Because that's the thing with Spectre. They're supposed to be insidious. They're supposed to get in places where you don't even know they, like who they are. You don't even know they exist. Quantum did a better job than that. And apparently they're not even Spectre. But the thing about Quantum was the fact that, you know, in the beginning of Quantum of Solace, Mr. White has this thing where he's saying... Um, well, you know, we're worried MI6 are going to be on to us and you don't even know who we are, you know, yeah. and it's like, yes, you don't know who you don't know who Spectre are at the the, the start of the film, but it just. It, 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 it's like Spectre is everywhere, but everywhere knows like those people know they are working for Spectre. Wouldn't it be more interesting to have some organized like the puppet masters behind the scenes not even making themselves known but just influencing things and so you could i mean you have c getting this private funding from specter not knowing their specter but going along with it because he's got personal stakes in wanting to basically replace m and you yeah. know and then it's just it's more interesting than haha i was with specter all along it, and like, it, and I, I don't know. It just you cast the, the guy who plays Moriarty in Sherlock. Of course, he's going to be a bad guy. It just it felt really that felt really uninspired to me as well. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a lot of kind of uninspired bits within it. To be honest, it is it is like you said uh, in your opening. It is incredibly formulaic i think um in, in how it goes uh, i even i wasn't even that much a massive fan of the uh the big action sort of set pieces um the car chase was rubbish yeah, the car chase is not great no um it, but it, it, the bits that got me that i found interesting was essentially was was just bond trying to just try to work out what was going on you know what what all of this was um whilst also kind of being questioned on you know where his place is in it all um etc and i i enjoyed those kind of moments and the fact that he he's, he's starting to he's not questioning um you know whether or not it, you know he should be doing what he's doing or anything like that it's the realization that what else would he be doing if he wasn't doing this? He doesn't. This is his his entire existence is doing this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the thing, I mean, I've been really negative, and I probably will continue to be so for other aspects. But I I did like the the, the Bond personal stuff in this. I liked the when they go and stay at that hotel, and Leia Sadu and, uh, and him are kind of having the conversation, and he doesn't want to confront his feelings about this, so he's basically trying to shag her. And, mm. and, you know, and when he wakes up and he's talking to that mouse, which yeah. you know, was a fun little moment. And, you know, it's and, and like his conversation with Mr. White, I thought was really good. And, you know, that that stuff is cracking. It just and it, the, the, also as well, even the, the, the little bits like when uh, Moneypenny comes around to his house, he's like, have you just moved in? He's like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and essentially, there's there's a sofa and a TV and that's it. And you get the feeling like he might have even just set that TV up just to play the file to yeah, her. Yeah, 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 quite. I, that'd be funny if he's like having which, to go into Curry's because he needs a TV just to play a video file. Which, which is the sort of thing you can imagine Bond, him doing. Yeah, yeah. I like. I want to see a scene of Bond going into John Lewis and asking about TVs. 
because <laughs> that is the sort of thing that, that, that you could imagine he, he would do. And he'd be like, but how does it work? Does it, does it, does it do it? No, he'd get Q to go with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that'd be gold. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that'd be a great, that'd be a fucking great sitcom. Just Q's got to help, Q and Moneypenny have got to help Bond kind of re- sort of re-immerse himself um, back into actual life. So Q's got to help him get like all of his what is it stuff like all of his electric stuff and his broadband set up and Money Penny's got to help him buy a sofa and a dishwasher and shit like that. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. Quite. And then M comes round to help plug it in and whatnot. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. M comes M comes round to, to yeah, yeah. It'd be brilliant to help him. I don't know. Yeah, fucking M, put M some explains shelves. what HDMI cables are to Bond. <laughs> that'd be great. It's just like, don't you live in an area all these days? It's like, Bond, you just don't live in the modern world, do you? Yeah. I, <laughs> he turns around to Q and goes, Q, I've always wanted to know this. What's Video Plus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <What? laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That could be the next Bond movie. No, that's great. And Q's just like, what's Video Plus? Even I don't know what that is now. It's so fucking old. <laughs> I can just Q there, just, just literally just throwing everything down, just walking away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go- Q has to Google Video Plus. He's like, literally, <laughs> they were using this before I was born, Bond. Yeah, oh God, that'd be great. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, God, do you know what? There's probably, probably people listening to this have got no idea what we're talking about there. God, that's <laughs> terrifying. Um, Google Video Plus. Yeah, um, God, that, it, that shit was amazing. It, it was amazing. If you wanted to not watch the first five minutes and miss the last five minutes of anything on BBC. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, what I will say for it, that I don't think you'll be able to disagree, is it looks fantastic. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, Hoyt uh, Van Hoytimer. Yeah, the, the cinema's obviously He's lovely. good, isn't he? Um, yeah, man, uh, it's, I mean, I mean technically, the, the the film's, like, golden, you know, I mean, like, the score's good, even though Thomas Newman does reuse some stuff from Skyfall, but, um, I, yeah, I mean, the, the score's good, I mean, the performances are decent as well, you know, I mean, Waltz is kind of just doing his thing, but it's... Yeah, it, it's a good thing to do. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I will say as well, <clears throat> I like how unremarkable the Blofeld reveal is where he's just mm. like Franz Oberhaus is a dead name my name is Ernst Stavros Blofeld and you know it's not like bum 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 yeah know, it's like it... in Star Trek Into Darkness it's almost like they wait five seconds for the audience to react before continuing mm. uh, you know with Khan like my name is yeah. Khan. Khan you know and it's yeah. it, 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 whatever whereas you know, here I just like that he carries on. Even though I will say, why have a cat in that seat in that set? Because like that yeah. cat could really mess some stuff up if it gets agitated. Oh yeah, and it, 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 it's it's another another point of where they just I, I, I don't know whether it's overconfidence or something. It, it's there's too many kind of nod winks in this movie, uh, which there hasn't been as many. Uh, there's been references in the other movies, but there hasn't been as many. Uh, uh, look, 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 cat, cat, cat. Uh, 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 here we go. And it just felt a little bit like, 
Oh, fuck off, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, that that was just, oh, God, all right, fine. Yeah, mm. I, 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 yeah I, I, I don't know. I mean, the everything from, like, where they get to Blofeld's kind of place onwards, I just, I lost interest very quickly. Leia Seydoux, as good as she is in this, and I think she is very good, I do not believe for a second that she would whisper to Bond, I love you. It just, no, no, no. No. No, it was, it was like, ah, wow, you've spent a, you spent a really short amount of time with him, and some of that you didn't really seem to get on with him that yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, also, I mean, here is a sign that they they were writing this thing late on in the fucking day. The bit mm. where she just like walks away, and like this this world's not for me. I know what this leads to. I'm off. It's like right, okay. When's she gonna get kidnapped then? Yeah, and it's like. Yeah, and and, and and the fact that we don't see it happening, but we know it's happened. Yeah, yeah it's just, it's so, like, just, so, I, I almost would have respected it more if she literally walked around the corner and got jumped straight away. Yeah, and her bag just went over her head, uh, you know, literally walked on the corner, and you had a, you had a, essentially a blind spot, and then David Bowie's to just shot went, boom, bag on her head, threw in a what is it, and, and there you go. That'd have been better. I mean, that, that's, I mean, the thing is, it's like hasty kind of rewritey type stuff can work sometimes. I, I remember Christopher McQuarrie um, saying that the ending of Rogue Nation they came up with really late in the day. They had to shut down production for like a week or two because they were having trouble with the third act. And that whole thing where they, they kind of box in um, Sean Harris, that, yeah. that, was, that was very late in the day. But it worked. Yeah, it does. And like you say, it, 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 this, this felt, I don't know, it, it, it felt like the, the, the little inflections and the little bits like that, uh, the, the outside of the story bits, there was more thought went into them than the actual inside the story bits. Yeah, yeah. It, it did feel a little bit, it didn't, it, 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 it didn't feel like it had as much of Mendes' imprint on it as it did the screenwriter's imprint on it. I think that's fair. I mean, it, the thing is, I mean, it's got the the classy touch of Mendes, and I mm. think with with a lesser skilled director, I think maybe the thing would have just frankly fallen apart in the third act. But yeah. it, it's it just it is such a long film that to have a third act just be like okay, Blofeld's going to play a game with Bond. And then there's mm. going to be a bit in a speedboat, and then Bond's not going to shoot him at the end. Because I'm sorry, no. Even though I get the whole kind of like he doesn't shoot him because he's learned that there's you know more to live life than just killing people, blah blah blah. No, you shoot him and then say in the now face. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done you shoot now. him because 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 he he clearly has the power to when they take him in to get out. Or control things from there. Just, I wouldn't be surprised if the opening sequence of the next one is fucking Blofeld breaking himself out on the way to MI6, like straight or, after. Or a little bit like the end of the A Team, where as M's about to put him in the back of a car, somebody puts their arm out and goes, uh, "We'll say this from here." Yeah, yeah. And, and then just wanders off with him. Um, M's turning around, going, uh, "James, James, James." Oh, yeah, I mean that's it. Just it feels like it. It's so brutally. We've got to have him in the next one. I, I, it, it's it. 
And I mean, it's it just felt like a cop out to me, and yet they try and play it up as a uh, as a character, like the end of the arc. But it's like, no, how many random faceless people has Bond killed in his bloody lifetime? That, and how many will he kill in the next one? Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's just like this is the the author of all your pain. You know, this is the guy who that basically was at the head of Vespa turning against you and, and all that stuff. You know, this is the guy who set the guy who tried to, who basically ended up with killing M, like mm. set on on you. You know, it's almost like. You're disrespecting those that have kind of died in your wake by not killing him. Especially when you have a license to yeah, kill. Yeah, just... <laughs> I know there was that point of, it's also a license to not oh, kill. It, it... Wink, wink, wink. And it's a bit like, yeah, but it is a time to decide when it's best to kill somebody. And Blofeld is that but, person. Blofeld is the definition yeah. of the person it is best to kill. If, if the guy who was who was in his who was driving his helicopter climbed out of it after you've shot Blofeld, you don't need to kill him. You yeah. could, but you don't need to. But Blofeld, you kind of should. He he actually is the person that you should kill. I, it just, That's why you're there. And the thing <laughs> is, you know what? In in the next one, Waltz has probably got a two picture deal. They'll probably kill him at the end of the next one because it's going to be Craig's last one. Mm. So it and it'll probably yeah, he'll probably say. I should have killed you when I had the chance. Yeah. Bang. Yeah, and and then it's like, going to be like, yeah, like all that learning should've. is gone. Then it just, it, 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 like if if it wasn't a Bond film, maybe it could get away with it. But it's just, it's Bond. There's going to be another Bond film. He's going to kill loads of people. It's suddenly not going to be like the next one is Bond taking everybody out with tranquilizer darts. I it, it, I, I it just. Oh my god, it's bothering me more and more and more talking about it. <laughs> it but, and yet, Dave Batista is decent. You know, yep. I, I love the suit he's wearing. I love that he's just got a really nice suit on for the whole thing. Yeah. That, that's cracking. Um, I mean, Leia Sidhu is good, and she makes, she makes the best attempt at, at falling in love with a man 20 years her senior who she didn't like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> you know, it just—it's, I, I, and I mean, I, I don't know. It's how how does this get five stars in like the Guardian? And I mean, Robbie Robbie Collin, the, the Telegraph, who I I very much respect, and like the, I know the man means what he writes, but mm. it, it's like how how I don't know how it all how all the faults of this film seem to have gotten past people. Uh, it, I think it, it quite literally is. They've, they've built up... They've got a lot of cash in the bank, and uh, they've built up such a a, a, a a momentum that it would almost feel... people. I think people would feel almost a little bit like they were being killjoys for coming out and saying, it's not great. And plus, you know, it's... Like you said, there's... there's there's so much of it is is actually very good. There are little bits that that aren't great. Personally, from a a non-Bond fan, I I think it's a four pushing a four and a half out of five for me um, because I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. 
Um, but I could see why people who are more invested in the Bond world would would be irked by it. I'm looking forward to seeing it again, just without all the other ones in such close proximity. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll buy. DC, I didn't watch any of the other ones. They, up to they, it. Yeah, they. Actually, I watched Casino Royale about three weeks ago. Fair, fair enough. I mean, I, I I will buy it on iTunes. You know, I liked the film. It just, it's, it's not even close to what I think Casino Royale and Skyfall do in terms of the Craig ones. Yeah, you see, for me, it's second in my Craig. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Casino Royale is. Fantastic. I, yeah, I, Casino Royale it, it isn't, isn't just a good Bond movie. Casino Royale is a fantastic movie. Yeah, I, I mean, it's that that film doesn't get get enough love. I don't think it, it's. Yeah. It, I mean that that is a great film. Uh, it's it just packs so that film's shorter than this, and it just packs so much more content in. I think. Um, I, I, it just yeah, I, 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 your point about it. A kind of just getting a bit more, like suavely laddie, I I, yeah. I think is a really good one. Um, it it does seem more taken with itself than maybe it should. It, it like it's more into itself than it is bothering about it, it the quality of its story or like it, yeah. its its character interactions and things it, like it, that. It's... It very much is like the people behind it, and I don't think that the, the main people behind it, so people, I don't think Mendez um, or Craig, but the other people behind it have kind of got a little bit, a little bit too full of themselves with it. A little bit like, look, you know, this is this 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 is how big we've made Bond, and it's like you. Once you get up to that level, you've either got to maintain a really high quality standard, otherwise you're going to get knocked down really fucking quickly. And this was is teetering on the edge. It's one of those films where you get the feeling that when it comes out on on Blu-ray and they start pushing it on Blu-ray, that might be the point where some people start going, "But yeah, but what about this? What about this?" What about this bit in it? One's kind of like the dust has settled a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, quite. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it does in America. I must say. Um, I think it'll, well, it's, uh, it'll make a fuck to me. And what I will say is that movie cost three hundred million dollars. That is, it, it kind of makes you go, what does Sam Mendes do next? Something small he, he's going to ask. Because, I mean, he, he, he will do, but it's just like, it's going to be interesting to see, because essentially Sam Mendes now has that thing like um, Nolan had, you know, post Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, where he could quite literally turn around to a studio and say, right, I gave you these two movies that made an unreal amount of money. What are you going to give me to make the passion project that I want to make. I quite like a way we go too. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you know what Mendes could do with a you know 150 million pound passion project. Mm. I'm, I'm I'm quite looking forward to seeing who's going to direct Bond next. Yeah, because that 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 could be. It's they should be they should really be saying to to Mendes, look, 
finish it. Finish it because, you know, you've made the, the past two to bring somebody else in to make the final one. It, it, it could fucking bring the whole fucking house of cards. Yeah, I, you know, I, yeah, I think you're right. They do one more and then wait a few years, cast Dan Stevens and a new prestige director and get going again. Yeah. Dan Stevens yeah, was I mean, on 2020, that's why I say. Well, that, that, Dan Stevens would be, would be interested if they were going for the suave, the, the suaveness of Bond. That, that could work. But, and as much as I like Dan Stevens, I, I, I'm just not interested in, in that, that, that idea of Bond. I like the, the broken man fucking, Bruiser Bond. That's the Bond I I prefer. I like that. I don't I I don't want to see more of him um, ordering martinis and seducing women. I want to see more of him getting angry and kicking ass. Hmm. I think you will in the next one at least. Anyway, because it's it's yes. just going to be Leia Sudu gets killed off either off screen or in the first act, and then it's revenge mission time. Yeah. You know, but um, which works. And hopefully, hopefully, it's Monica Bellucci comes back to kill her uh, because she's insanely jealous. Yeah, Monica Bellucci turns out to be Blofeld. That would be good. Yeah. Um. So, I, I mean, I definitely you know, not shit. I'm definitely not shit for as much as shit as I've given it. It just, it's um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, I was pretty lukewarm on it walking out and talking over it. And listening to the, I mean, the Chris Byrne podcast and, and, and Rebecca and Dave, and, and forgive me, I don't know their second names, um, th- their podcast is very good anyway, and it's interesting. They they reviewed Spectre, but they're saying that they're only up to live and let die in their, like, actual going through the films. So they've said they're going to do Spectre again after they've done all the other films. Oh, that could be interesting. Yeah, so with the fullness of time and after actually going through them, and they're not even going to reference this like podcast they put out now, and they'll just tackle it as if they're tackling the other ones, which is, is an interesting idea, and I'm looking forward to seeing like where they are at with it then. Because I know they... Uh, Rebecca was pretty keen on it. The other two had some slight reservations so mm. it's um it, yeah i mean like and then they're, they're obviously passionate bomb fans so um it, it, it yeah it's 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 interesting seeing what they, how they come out with it but i yeah i mean again i think also maybe just all the, the like the five star reviews and stuff that came out maybe set my expectations a bit like frankly it just i don't see how this film gets five stars from broadsheet critics when you've got Monica Bellucci's character in it alone, regardless yeah. of everything else. Yeah, I can see your point on that, Sorley. You know, but anyway, um, we've got like half an hour to do what we watch, so we better get on. Yeah. Uh, do you want to? Because I watched a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, I watched uh, earlier this afternoon uh, one of your uh, favourite movies of the year. Uh, I watched Inside Out. Oh, you're going to be a mingy bastard about this, aren't you? And inside out, as I've made it clear to long-term listeners, um, I don't share the rest of the world's adoration for Pixar. Um, I think they churn out essentially the roughly the same fucking story. Somebody gets dropped somewhere uh, and then has to find their way back to somewhere. 
and along that way we get emotion manipulated uh, into crying at some point because blah 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 and it's just complete fucking manipulative nonsense um and so i i don't watch um pixar movies if i can help it because i don't want to be that mingy twat that goes against them so i i essentially just avoid watching them if i can get away with it whether isabel wanted to watch inside out um and so i thought well do you know what ian sits really good Let's give it a go. Um, so, gave it a go. Um, you know, looked at the cast, um, and Anger, played by Louis Black, who is one of my favourite, um, comedians. That, you know, I thought, well, at least that's interesting. At least I might get a few great Louis Black losing his shit, but not being allowed to swear moments. So, that's, that's fucking alright. And, it's 95 minutes long. I can get behind that. A Pixar movie that's 95 minutes long. It's all good for me. Um, it's a really nice film. It's a really, really sweet, colourful, the story's really nice, the ideas behind it are really kind of clever of how it, it, it's, it's, it's explaining the fact that you've got somebody growing into their emotions and growing from having, you know, just out these very sort of clear set emotions of, you know, starting out, you've got anger, sadness, disgust, joy and fear, to then these emotions growing and, and, and melding so that, you know, that sadness um, can be part of joy and disgust can be part of fear and anger can be part of, of sadness and all of these things and it, growing into that. And yes, it does use these standard Pixar tropes of somebody gets dropped in some place and has to get to another place. Um, it, it has that, uh, which essentially is all the fucking Toy Story movies. Um, but Along the way, it's doing kind of quite interesting things, and I, the fact that it's, it's 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 literally about emotions uh, means that they can kind of get away with with plucking on your emotions and the little inflections that it had of like the the little mind um, the mind men that I call them mind workers. Yeah, I know the guys uh, talking about, yeah. Yeah, that are going around. They're, you know, they had that little bit of levity in it and the, you know, the, the fucking, the chewing gum song that just keeps on cropping up everywhere is hilarious. Uh, that's brilliant. There's, 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 there's loads of little bits in it that make you just go, this is a real, this is a, this is quite simply, it's a fucking pun perfectly intended, just a joy to watch. It's really entertaining. Uh, it's smart, but not trying to be too fucking clever, uh, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the story is is so fucking simple, uh, and the the way that it moves along is so simple. And it's bouncy, it's punchy, and it goes, and it's ninety five fucking minutes long. Which, when usually when a major studio spends plus one hundred and fifty million on a on a picture. They are very gun shy of having it anything less than two hours long. Whereas with this, and the same thing happened with Minions, they kind of went, no, do you know what? Fuck it. Animation shouldn't be more than 100 minutes long. Bang, there you go. 95 minutes. Get in, get a story told. Have a sad moment, have loads of happy moments. Boom, gone, done. Fuck it, yeah. And that's what happens, and I, I, I really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely forgive uh, Pixar for like, doing a Cars free and whatnot, if it just means that every few few of their films we get something like Inside Out. 
You mean the thing is, Inside Out, Inside Out 2 will be, will happen. Yeah, pro- probably, yeah. Um, I, 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 it would be but... kind of interesting to, like, see the emotions at a different, like, phase of life, you know. But yeah. the the whole kind of, like, the childhood going into adolescence thing, I think it, it just, it's such a wonderful idea. And yes, it's probably not super appealing to kids, but I, like, to be fair, I don't really care. Like kids have got enough Pixar films. Like look when you know Lottie's growing up and whatnot, and she's gonna be like all over like the, the Cars two and Monsters University and stuff. I'm sure you know, and they they have their place for the younger ones. I mean Inside Out. It's I think it's a really grown up film that happens to be a pic uh, like an, a cartoon basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I'd absolutely agree on that. It's I, I mean, the whole kind of like, was it? What is it that um, the Richard Schiff's character says? Like, take her to the stars, or take her to the moon, or yeah, uh, it just like that shit is insanely powerful. I find, even though I couldn't remember the line. Yeah, no, it's take her to the moon. Yeah, take her yeah. to the moon. It just, it's that that th- like that idea is lovely. Because the thing is, when when that character comes up. I was kind of thinking, right, he's going to be, like, the bad guy of all this, then, is he? You know, he's going to be the one who wants to, like, get back in Riley's life and fuck all the other emotions. He just wants to be with her kind of thing. But no, he's a tragic character who's had loss and realises that he needs to sacrifice himself in order for Riley to be happy, which is just a beautiful idea. Um, Yeah. And it just... And uh, the, the the kind of the, the realization of um, sadness and joy, like sometimes you do you do need the sadness, uh, I, which I, I like I I I don't know, kind of breaks my heart just because of the position we're in with 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 Lottie, you know, because at the moment she's just like most of the time she is the smiliest little thing you've ever seen in your life, but uh, and for that to go away, even though you might hear in the background how crying, but. Um, I mean, for that to go away, I like I'm not looking forward to her experiencing things in life that do make her feel sad. But it's going to happen, and you you kind of have to embrace that, and that's what this film's saying. And it's universal. You know, you would have to be a robot to not uh, uh, understand that once you once you're over like adolescence. Uh, it, I I don't know. It's just it's got loads of things to say. But it's also got Lewis Black kind of getting angry at things in a in a <laughs> use certificate way. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, literally, the only thing I don't really like about the film is the the, the stuff in the the credit sequence at the end, which I think is just a little bit too on the nose for me. But because I, I think the rest of the film is smarter than the credit sequences. But um, you know, I mean, it's a small complaint. I, I did quite enjoy the the the, the dog and the cat. Oh, bit the dog and the cat the bit's fine, you know. The but... cat, the cat, the cat of it is is incredibly bright. <laughs> oh, when it's just like they're all going nuts. They're all just kind of walking around, and Fia happens to just walk along the console, and the cat just goes mental and runs yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. I I don't know, just the the, the kind of the, the boy and the, the reaction and all that. That I I. Oh, the... is, which is, which one's the boy reaction one? As if it was, like he's just like really panicking or something because like talking the, 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 that's yeah, just that's that's literally at the end of the movie is where the, yeah the it's the boy and it's just they're all running around shouting with the, an alarm going off saying girl. I mean, somebody um I, I can't 
don't know who it was. That was I, I heard somebody raise a really interesting point. That, um, Riley's the only one who has male and female emotions, um, which someone like was saying is maybe yeah. a like a, a sign that you know as you get older your kind of gender identity firms up more, which I think is maybe thinking about it a little bit too much, but at the same time, yeah, it is kind of weird that they are men and women, and then later on, they're not. (laughs) Is that actually trying to say something? Yeah, I I, I hadn't noticed that, actually, but yeah, yeah, you're right on that. It just, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of depth to it. It, can't, it comes out on iTunes in a couple of weeks. I'm really looking forward to watching it. I can't wait to see what Donna thinks about it, to be honest. But um, yeah, it's um, it and Mad Max are uh, are up there for me this year so far. Cool. I'm gonna pass the floor back across to you because I literally I've watched one other thing, but you've watched it as well. So I want to listen to see what you say first. Is that the well, Ash versus Evil Dead? You? Oh no, no, another one. Yeah. How's that? <laughs> yes. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, well, let me let me just rattle off the the yeah. other things I've seen just because we got like twenty minutes to talk about Housebound and um, Ash vs Evil Dead. So, um, I watched My Neighbor Totoro because I it was Lottie's first film. Uh, yes. Three sittings. Even though the second the second one was interrupted by dinner, she ate her dinner for five minutes and just wanted to go back in and watch Totoro. So we stuck that back on. And now every single morning and every single evening since we've had to watch the last 10 minutes of Totoro. And <laughs> she'll only watch it with me, um, which, which is kind of awesome. Um, we, we've got a little Totoro toy and a little cat bus toy. And she grabs them and she goes, help, because she wants to watch the bit where Totoro and cat bus help find uh, um, May, uh, which is awesome. Because I was yep. like, she, they're helping. And she was like, help, help. So now it's help, help. And she wants to watch that bit, which is um, awesome. She fucking loves it. <laughs> she loves Totoro. Good. So, yeah, win. Um, Everyone loves Totoro. You'd have, you, 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 you're not a person if you don't love Totoro. No, and I mean, like, seriously, we've had to watch the, the, the last ten minutes a lot. But, I, yeah, that's fine by me. I, I, like, I can do that. That's that's a okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, there's that. And uh, I watched uh, re- rewatched House of the Devil, which I kind of referred to earlier on. Still really like House of the Devil. I really really like House of the Devil. Um, what came to mind this time round is just how I like how dodgy the, the like the, the couple are who hire her as the babysitter. I love mm-hmm. I love how dodgy they are and how Greta Gerwig is just like this is this is fucked. You are nuts. I don't like this, and yet they still go along with it just because she really needs the money. And I, it, it's somehow it's both believable and ridiculous all at the same time. But that that film is still I'm really, really, really fond of House of the Devil. And uh, last thing before the things we both watched, uh, Tales of Halloween, um, which um, actor uh, Carolyn, um, director of Soulmate, which was this um, small um, kind of indie horror film from either last year or the year before, which I, I quite liked. Um, she's also, I'm, I'm sure she wouldn't like me referencing her like this, uh, because I, I know her on Twitter, and, you know, she's very much her own a person with her own career, uh, career. I will just say she is Neil Marshall's wife as well, um, yes. and has appeared in, in his films and whatnot. Um, but I only say that because Neil Marshall has a, se- a section in this. Um, and 
it's it's fun. Um, it's ten short films. She by devised the whole thing. It says it says created by is 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 her credit for this. Um, and it's ten short films directed pe- like by people like uh, Darren Lynn Boosman, director of some of the Saw films and Repo the Genetic Opera. Um, the guy who directed Grace Paul Solette, I think his name is. Um, Axel Carolyn directs one. Neil Marshall directs one. Um, and you know some other people as well. Like all anthologies, it's got strong points and low points. Uh, starts strong. Um, there's a section at the start, Sweet Tooth, which is terrific. The Darren Lynn Boosman one called, uh, called I think the Night Billy. Oh, fuck the Night Billy something. Night Billy Raised Hell. Hell. Yeah, is is really. It's fun. Um, get it's a little bit cartoony, which could be off-putting to people, but the ending of it is great. A uh, really wicked little twist in the tale at the end, which I really enjoyed. Um, and uh, Neil Marshall's one at the end is awesome, and I would happily watch a 90-minute film of that. I won't spoil it, but it's 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 cracking. Those are the three that come to mind. Um, there are, I mean, there are weaker ones, um, but. Considering some of the horror anthologies we've had lately, um, I would watch this ten times before watching ABC's The Death again. <laughs> so, you know, as as mild a recommendation as that might sound, I um, I liked Tales of Halloween. It's, it, you know, it's not amazing. Um, you know, I, I won't lie. Um, but it's, um, it, it, it's pretty fucking solid, I think, genuinely. And I, I enjoyed watching it on Halloween. So there you go. Um, so yeah, uh, let's let's do Housebound, uh, which is on Netflix UK, um, directed by Gerard Johnston. Yep. Um, pulled that out of my ass. Um, and yeah, what what did you think of this? It's twenty minutes too long. Sure. Uh, easily, uh, twenty minutes too long. Um, it suffers a little bit by trying to build too much at the beginning. Um, it, it tries to get help us get to know its character, its lead character but I think we get to know her a little bit too well and I didn't really like her so when she was in a bit of peril um, I, I really couldn't have given a shit yeah, really to be honest okay. about her uh, because she is just a dick for the first hour roughly mm-hmm. um, but it's funny Um it's it, it definitely owes um it has like an air of the uh, early peter jackson stuff uh, back when he was you know before he was lord of the rings peter jackson um which you know it, they're they're quite enjoyable it had that kind of vibe about it i think it's it's definitely a thing of um new zealand based you know horror comedy that, that you can get with that uh Say it, it was amusing. Some of the gore was good. It built up tension quite well. It was obviously referencing certain movies, which was perfectly fine with it. Um, and overall, I, I, had a, I had a pretty damn good time with it, to be honest. Oh, um, sorry. Uh, just going back to Tales of Halloween very quickly. It's just you said referencing mm. movies. Solid Exorcist free visual reference in in the Sweet Tooth short at the start of Tales Ooh. of Halloween. Fucking solid. Um, oh. But yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, you, you should watch Tales of Halloween. I'd be intrigued to see what you think. I'm going to actually, I will be, yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, no, Housebound. I, yeah, I really enjoyed it, actually. It's, um, it, I don't know, it's one of those kind of, it's one of those kind of fairly hyped up 
horrors that hasn't had yeah. like everybody all over it like it follows did or the babadook but you know it's been kind of out there and yeah i i, I found it really really entertaining i mean the the fucking the moment where the, the scene where the lights go out and they're, they're yeah. like is that it no no that's not it is that it and it turns on the light and then the thing's there and then the light goes off and he's like yeah that was it what was that <laughs> yeah. you know, just like that that whole kind of that 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 was that was fantastic and i mean what i was kind of surprised about was the the the, the, the plot was really quite twisty turny and I, I didn't really I, maybe i feel dumb for saying this but i didn't really know where it was going um and i i, I quite liked where it went um yeah no i'd, I'd agree on that it it it, it, it turns it, it seems to spin around in circles for quite a while and then it, it, it stops on a point and you go do you know what fucking fair enough yeah 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 <laughs> totally um so yeah i mean I, I i liked it i thought i thought the the, the lead kind of like warmed up as it went along but there's yeah. plenty of likable supporting characters i think around her which kind of um peps it up as well um yeah i it's I, I suppose there's not much to say about it really but it's it's a fun time you're right it is too long um you know i did kind of watch it in my usual kind of broken up train ride way so that that might have helped for me a bit actually yeah i started watching it last night at about 10 past 10 um and was thinking right well this is going to take me to you know once i had you know get up to get drinks and stuff like that and pause it for that it's going to take me to about kind of midnight 10 past midnight something like that and it was i was sort of looking at watch about 20 to 12 going fuck is there still 40 minutes of this left you know, there's that's a, there's there's a lot of this left, and there's been a lot of a lot of treading water in it. But when it finished, I thought, do you know what? Yeah, it is a little bit too long. It does it does hamper it, it, it in points where it did feel really baggy in the middle. But it's got a solid start and a really solid third act as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, that was bad. I think we we both thumbs up. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely not shit for yeah, me. It, it, it's, uh, uh, and it, it's a it's a recommend for, for for horror fans. I'm now. I mean, and I've said it a few times on the podcast. I am absolutely very fucking gun shy with modern horror. I'm, I'm all but fucking done with it because because of the amount of hyped up bullshit we've got. And what was putting me off Housebound was quite a lot of people kind of recommended it uh, and were, were were chatting about it and saying like, oh, it's amazing, it's brilliant, my best horror of the year. And I was like. I fucking heard that so many times, and then I watched it and gone, that shit. Um, that that I actively, I felt like I was becoming somebody who didn't like horror. Mm. Um, and seeing that's one of my favourite, or suppose my favourite genres, it felt a little bit, a little bit strange. But yeah, uh, the fact that you and Nova going, yeah, it's it's solid. Um, made me go, Do you know what? Fuck it, yeah, it's Halloween. Why not? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it's um, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's on Netflix, so it's not like it's going to cost you anything. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, final thing we're going to talk about then: Ash vs. Evil Dead. So this is the um, the new Evil Dead TV series uh, where Bruce Campbell's back in it, which uh, you know, great. Um, completely ignores the the, the remake. Um, yeah. Apart from the the kind of the title design is the same, but yeah, which kind of makes me wonder if maybe they might like get to it. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be kind of interesting, like if the 
the girl from Evil Dead, because I know like she is a kind of like a, a jobbing TV actress, so it'd be kind of interesting to see if she turns up or something at any point, but maybe not, because it does feel like it's very much the Bruce Campbell show. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think it's a 10-episode series, already commissioned for a second season. Um, yeah. And uh, this one was directed by Sam Raimi. I do believe it's the only one he is going to be directing, but uh, at least for this season. Um, but, yeah, uh, what did you think, Mark? It's 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 fun. It's a lot of fun. It, it it's what you kind of it's what you want from a uh, from an it's Evil exactly Dead. Exactly what you want. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. spot on. It, it, it's Bruce Campbell being uh, Ash um, and you know bringing in that that kind of zany stupidity. It's very much the the Ash we get from uh, Evil Dead Two oh, and uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah, totally. Army of Darkness. You know, absolutely. That's what they're that's where they're going from that's where they're taking their lead from um but it is that kind of that cocky arrogance but with you know almost grounded in the reality of his own arrogance of of where you get the feeling that ash has created that kind of like his own character within himself and he's well very well aware of his character with himself so when he gets shot down by the girl it, it, it's almost like he goes i don't blame you for sh-. mentally it's good i don't blame you for shooting you down but you know what in my mind, I'm a hero. Yeah. It, 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 it's that kind of thing. There's, there's a couple of moments of absolute gold in it. The, the, the fucking light bulbs thing. Mate, was seriously, incredible. that bit fucking killed me. Like, it did. I just when he goes shh to the light bulbs, <laughs> that sweeping of it. He's just sweeping under that pallet. Like <laughs> that was. Just the way he's like, Ash, go and put those light bulbs there. He's like, yes, sir. <laughs> just picks it up and immediately the light bulbs fall out of the box. It's just... <laughs> you can see it happening. Yeah. And the fact that he walks across them as well. Oh, my God. Yeah, he just he shushes them and then just starts sweeping them into what is it. And then when he walks away later on, he's still walking on mm. them. Uh, yeah, that, that, the, the, those bits are great. The, you know, the getting himself kitted back out is it, it, wonderful. Um, I'm glad that it's going to be a half an hour um, show from now on. 45 minutes worked for the, the initial episode, but I think it'd be too much for um, for future episodes. I think, yeah, like 22, 23 minutes of Ash every week is going to be spot on. You know, yeah. I, like, it's, yeah. Um, I, the fucking, I just, I really like the pre-credits bit as well, where like it's like the flashback of, like why he read the Necronomicon it just cuts back to him and he's like fuck oh man when he's, he's like he's pounding away at the lady and she turns into the demon and then she's like you know I was almost coming he was he was like well I gotta go he's like well you know maybe I could just finish it off and then he goes back and then the look on his face where he's like I'm really not into this just, yeah oh yeah it- it, it works. I mean, the, the the next two episodes actually are directed by um, Michael J. Bassett, who did uh, Solomon oh, Kane. Shit, nice. And uh, Silent Hill Revelation, uh, which you know we won't talk yeah, about that. Yeah, okay. No, that's okay. That's promising. Just even the like when the trailers getting attacked, and it's like the the quick zoom ins at mm. angles and stuff. It's just it's Evil Dead. Yeah. You know, and it, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't feel like parody or anything, because Evil Dead 2 is already a parody, and, and then Army of Darkness are already parodies enough in themselves. And it, it just, it's, 
It is exactly what you think it's going to be, and that is absolutely fantastic. That's it. It's it. It's an Evil Dead TV series. Yeah. Oh God, the, little, the the fight with the little doll. Yeah, it's just absolute <laughs> gold. <laughs> I mean, it, it just it apps it works. It really works. I'm intrigued to see how like where it's going with that cop as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what it's like after five episodes. Whether or not the the sheen of it has gone and it, it becomes a little bit like. This is just the same every week. I, I, can it hold? I, I, can it hold the quips? I just, I think it can. For me personally, I, I think it could do. Yeah. I just, I, I am very, very up for the Bruce Campbell half hour every week. Yeah, that, 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 that's what it is. As long as we don't, as long as he doesn't become less of a character as it goes along and as they try and develop other characters. I'm fine with uh, it. They, I mean, uh, the title's Ash versus Evil Dead. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would think they'll stick to they'll stick to what they fucking know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm very, I'm very, very, very pleased. Gory as shit as well. Yeah, but, but it's practical mostly. Uh, uh, I mean, when the, the the demon gets, it's like the shotgun blast, and like most yes. of its head's missing. It's, oh. it, yeah, it, it's it, it, it's. It's got gore, sex, and profanity in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, uh, like, ser- seriously, I-, I was buzzing at the end of it. Absolutely buzzing. And it's complete fan service, but fuck it. What fan service? What great fan service? Yeah, that's, that's it. And it's what it should be. That's what that movie should be. It should be fan service. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm all in. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Can't wait for the next episode. Nice man. Okay, uh, Twitter questions. Uh, have you got them? Um, I uh. can. Oh fuck! I'm just mm-hmm. pressing buttons and I don't know what they're doing. Um, my phone's on charge, just out of reach. Uh, I think we've only got the one. Actually, I've got it. Oh uh, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rick Kid, uh, uh, Rick uh, J Kid. Um, if Finn Craig is finished as Bond, who should be next? Dan Stevens already said. Sorry. <laughs> uh, all right, I, 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 I'll throw another little ask that question out there. Sam Mendes isn't going to direct the next one. Let's say that in a world where Sam Mendes refuses to direct the next one, he doesn't want to do it. Who would you pick to direct the final Daniel Craig? I mean, if I could, I'd pick Nolan. But, um, I'd, well, actually, no, I wouldn't. I'd take that back, because if it's going to be a revenge thriller, uh, a resurrected Tony Scott, um, <laughs> you know, but if we're, if we're talking living directors... Um, Okay, so you need someone who's good with actors, but also action, but also knows how to kind of toe the line enough. Mm. I mean, Shane Black would be too jokey. You wouldn't want that. I'd I'd love to see a Shane Black Bond film, but probably not now. Yeah, you see, I'd love to see a... I'd love to see a, what is it, uh, a Catherine Bigelow directed um Bond movie, but I just don't think it'll work as that Bond movie. No, quite. I mean, maybe Kenneth Branagh, maybe, maybe, but I'm kind of clutching a little bit there. It's just, like, the typical go-to directors, I think, would probably put a little bit too much of themselves in it. Yeah. 
if you could tow his line, John Hillcott would be quite. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's not if, a bad shout actually. If you could, if you could get him to go say, look, this with this, you have to get it. It's your movie. You can put you can put your spin on it. It's got to come in at PG thirteen. Um, and you know it's got to be a Bond movie. But imagine the movie we're going to let you make if this is good and it makes money. Mm. And that's how you get somebody like like that. Um, so I, I, I'd go for somebody like that for directing this one because I think he could do the the, the kind of the, the 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 darkness and the nastiness, the gnarliness that you might have to need for this, and the intensity of you know this is fucking this is a man on a fucking revenge mission. This is you know this is the gloves are off. This is a highly trained killing machine on a fucking killing spree. <laughs> That that could work really quite yeah, well. Yeah, I, mean, like, uh, I mean, maybe like Walter Hill from like twenty, thirty years ago. If you're going to go down that angle, but like it would be twenty, thirty years ago. So exactly, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to see like a John Hillcott do it. That that that'd work for yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could go with that. Yeah. Nice. Or or a um, a Narc era Joe Carnahan. Ooh, yeah. Park Chan Wook. That's what I'm going to say. Ooh. Oh, fuck, that'd be a good movie. Yeah, it would. Wouldn't it? A Bond revenge movie directed by Park Chan Wook. As long as, as long as they didn't go, hey, hey, he could have an Asian a, a assassin after him. And like, oh. <laughs> please fuck off. And when you get there, plant a big fucking sign that says I have fucked off to here so everybody knows that you had to fuck off. Um, yeah, Dan Stevens, if you're going for a suave bond, I, yeah, I don't think you can look much further than somebody like Dan Stevens. Um, if you're going for a... If you're wanting to follow the same kind of bruiser uh, element of it, I, I, it'd be easy to go to the people I don't think it should be. Idris Elba is going to be too old by the time it gets yep. to him. I've nothing against a black bomb. I'm going to say this right now. I think Idris Elba's not all that. I find him quite overrated, and I think people just love him just because they love Idris Elba. I don't. Uh, I am going to agree with you totally yeah, on that. I, I like. I've, to be fair, I've not seen Luther, but anything I've seen in films does do, does not give me particular hope that he would be a good Bond, and I do not he's, say no. that just because he's black. Yeah, it is that. Um, would be a great Bond, I think. So, a genu oh. genuinely, I think he really could. If he bulked up, I think he could show some physical prowess, and I would love to see that guy as Bond. I, yeah, maybe. Uh, the problem is, I, I think he's got two sad eyes. Yeah, but those eyes could have haunting behind them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, Dan Stevens. If you're gonna go for a suave bond, Dan Stevens. If you're gonna go for a, a bruising bond, I'm not quite sure because essentially you are limited to. Um, so well, yeah, but it wouldn't work. He he, he wouldn't yeah, work no, he as wouldn't bond. Work as bond, I agree. I think he he freely admit wouldn't work as bond because Tom Hardy. We've said it when we spoke about Legend. Is a character actor that happens to look like a leading yeah. man, and the problem is. He has no interest whatsoever with being a leading man. And what they did with Daniel Craig was, was they took a character actor and they made him into a leading man. And 
he's gone on to it and gone, well, no, I'm, I'm happy with this being a character. But he's quite prickly in the media. But he's he's nowhere near as prickly as uh, Hardy is. Can you imagine Hardy having to go on a fucking world tour to promote a Bond movie? He pretty much answered Fury Road. He did for Fury Road, but it's a different type of movie. It's a different... The, the intensity oh, yeah, of the, yeah, the press no, coverage. I mean, yeah, I mean, Christ, you see what Daniel Craig's been like on the press tour, you know. Exactly. He's been prickly. And, you know, and um, I, I spoke to somebody who worked with Daniel Craig and said that, as a guy, he's lovely, but he's quite he's quite per, he's quite private, mm. um, and you, you get that that across from him. Um, but Hardy would 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 probably end up losing his shit at some point. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting whatever I think they do next. But I, I I think they should keep try and keep Mendes. Otherwise, I think it, it could be fucking disastrous. I think, I, you know, I, I think your thing about closing it off, I think it's pretty much bang on. I, I reckon it'll be like six months down the line. We'll see an announcement. He's coming back. Yeah, I think it'd be stupid to not. I, and I also think he'd be a little bit silly not because, you know, if he can be, the, the, you know, the director that directs, you know, a perfect three Bond movies in a row, which it will end up being called yeah. that, then, you know, that's a fucking hell of an achievement. Not just to think I'm in a CV, but a hell of an achievement. He can sit back and go, do you know what? Yeah, I, 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 I did possibly the top level bonds. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder how Spectre is going to be viewed in a year's time. I wonder. There is that as well. Um, right, I really need a piss. Like, literally, I feel <laughs> like it's almost dripping out. So... Uh, well, uh, I'm going to say um, next week there's fuck all out of the cinema to review because of Spectre, basically. But it all kind of yeah. uh, Steve Jobs is out in two weeks, so you know we'll we'll soon have something. So next week we are going to do a review of Bone Tomahawk. Um, yeah, look, yeah, to that. Um, pretty fucking pumped for that actually. So uh, yeah, we'll be back with Bone Tomahawk next week and um, um, first of our Star Wars. Oh, God, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, yes. Which I'm uh, I'm uh, uh, provisionally. I'd like to title it Mark and Ian play with their lightsabers. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay, cool. So first part of Mark and Ian play with their lightsabers um, uh, is coming next week with um, with episode one, The Phantom Menace. I've already started watching the extras on the iTunes copy, uh, collection. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm indulging myself. I bought a Star Wars mug the uh, yesterday, which... Um, it's Kylo Ren, and he's got a lightsaber, but you don't see it unless you put hot water in. And when you put hot oh, water in, the lightsaber glorious. comes up. It's pretty great. So that is pretty cool, actually. Uh, I'm, I, yeah, I'm already um, getting excited, and we, like it's like good seven weeks to go until episode seven yet. So yeah, next week we'll be uh, kicking off with that as well. So uh, it's going to be busy for the next couple of months, I think. So um, yeah, I need to go so uh thank you very much for listening folks at ian loring at dude files at dude the monkey dude the monkey at gmail.com and we'll speak to you next week bye bye